Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. good news, a news that can make the worst of news that much bearable. So I pray humbly that the words that I speak, the meditation of our hearts and minds might be in accordance with that good news, that living news. Amen. The reading from today comes from John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. Now let us attend to God's wisdom for us today. I ask not only on the behalf of these, but also on the behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as we are one, I and them, and you and me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom I, you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known. So the love that you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Besides this reading of this holy word, may be good news to us. So, this Sunday we find ourselves at the end of Easter. Next week will be Pentecost when we celebrate the Spirit coming to the disciples. 
It's interesting that we read this text today. Implicit in the words of Jesus is a promise, a promise of love, the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting where you find this text. It is at the end of the farewell discourse. This is a long text in John which speaks to what we believe. And even after these words are said in the gospel, John makes an account of Jesus' arrest. That sets the context in which we read these words. Last time I was with you, we talked about the difference between narrative and story. Where a narrative is a series of occurrences that have a common subject or context. And a story is a narrative with a beginning, middle, and end. And in this first part of this lesson, there is a concept of unity. The first part of the lesson, verses 20 through 23, led me to explore the exploration of unity in connections. Verse 20, we read, I ask not on the behalf of these, that would be the disciples, but also on the behalf of those who believe in me through their word. In this moment, Jesus is making this connection that we have been a part of a whole host of saints that have come before and a whole host of saints that will come after and that we are that connection between those. In that moment, do we feel that Jesus is speaking about us? Are we thinking that Jesus has us in mind? Then in verse 21 or in 23 through 23, we have this interesting logical argument that Jesus puts out. The summary of it is that may they all be one in the unity of the Father through the Son. Just as we abide in Christ and Christ abides in the Father, so we abide in, the God, in God. This is a challenging vision to imagine in a world where it seems like the church is at its own throat. Yet in this text, there is a profound nature 
of something better, a vision, a revelation of a world where we do not see anguish within the community of faith. Now we come to the second part of this lesson, which explores God's glory is in its love, which leads us to see Jesus Christ. We have access to God's love. Verse 24, Father, I desire that those also who you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. God's glory is in God's love. Now we get to the hard part. Verse 25 in 26, we hear Jesus say, God, Father, the world does not know you. Those words seem to be more prophetic this week than any other week, if, you, if I'm honest with you. There is within me a righteous anger against an evil, and I will call it that. Yet, in this moment, I am really reluctant to speak on the incidents that have happened in Texas. I'm reminded of my father-in-law who was a deputy sheriff who always encouraged to wait until the investigation gets done. Of course, he would use probably more colorful words than that, but we'll just leave it at that. It's hard. We want to make judgment calls without knowing everything. And so I speak these words not in some certainty about where they will lead me, but in a confidence that God will be there with me and with us. And I speak these words in a knowledge that they may change as I perceive God's presence changing. My faith is strong enough to not hold ideology as dogma, but to allow dogma to be the foundation to understand God. If early 
reports are to be correct. The officers had an opportunity to engage the gunmen. And yet, they chose not to. For me, that asks a lot of questions. As a person who has been adopted into a cop's family, I learned there is a certain amount of reservation one has to make in judgment calls. We were not on the ground. We did not know what was going on. Yet, I think it is appropriate to ask a lot of questions. A lot of questions out of a sense of curiosity that we can do it better. Now, as I am saying these words, I am fully aware on the phone there are two camps right now. One who want to say, let us do away with guns and violence, and the others who say, we need to have something to protect us. And under the reality of that, we find ourselves in this great divide, which is not easy to reconcile. Yet, I want to try as best as I can to give a good faith argument. For me, if I am honest with you, when I read scripture, when I look at the gospel, when I do the exegesis, this concept of the peaceful kingdom is an aim that we ought to be looking toward. The ability to reduce the uh, firearms in the United States, I fundamentally believe, would be a benefit. However, I understand that there's another side. And because we don't come to this conversation for the first time, I have listened to the other side. Try to make sense try to have empathy for where they're coming from. <clears throat> Yet my critique remains the same. For me, there is this culture in the United States around God, guns, and babies, which sees this as a way of protecting life. I struggle with this concept because when I look at their reasoning, it seems like it is an ad baculum argument, which is to say, might makes right. And yet, if I'm honest with you, 
that is a part of scripture. The challenge I see The challenge I understand, at least, if we take this, if you want to call it theology, seriously, it does something. It transfers the power of God to an inanimate object, a gun. And in my mind, when I see a transfer such as this, it is clear that is a type of ideology and heresy, if I'm honest with you. I'm sorry, I can't stand with that. However, I understand something about that type of argument. It's about protecting our own. It's about controlling. <clears throat> acquiring and accumulating and protecting our power so that we are safe. When I think about that, think about how the world works. Because in, inevitably, that's how it does. If you have power, you try to maintain it. If you have power, you try to acquire more. If you have power, you try to protect it as opposed to anything else. Because you understand that if that goes, then you go. The world does not know you, God. But I know you. I have made your name known to them, and I will make it known to them, so that the love that is with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. These words, I will make it known to them, so that the love with which you have loved me, be in them, and I in them. These words on their own, while powerful in their nature, I think speak to something else. You see, in the Gospel of John, John sees love as kind of the core of God's ministry in Jesus Christ. In the passion, we have the sacrificial love that will suffer so that others might live. 
the Gospel of John, we have Jesus saying, there is no higher love than to lay down one's life for one's brother. It's not about protecting us. It's about protecting them. It is not about protecting our power. It is about understanding whatever power we have must be used to protect those who are the least. When you see that, then you come to understand that the value of the power that we may have is not for our benefit. It is not for our freedom or our liberty. It is for those who don't have freedom, for those who don't have power, and for those who don't have liberty. Then if we are to use kinetic or violent measures, they must always be in the aim of protecting those who cannot protect themselves. I don't have any easy answers. I think there are valid claims to be made on both sides of this issue. But what I come away having been a part of these conversations around gun violence is a knowledge that the value of whatever we have found in the First Amendment is should be always balanced, not against our own protection, but around the protection of the community in which we live. And if we don't, I would submit we do not have a well-regulated militia. Whatever freedom we have found in that amendment is of no use if we only use it to protect ourselves. When we lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, we act out of a divine love of sacrifice. I say this acknowledging this week is Memorial Sunday. Tomorrow will be Memorial Day. When we remember those throughout the history of the United States, who have paid the full price for our freedom. 
for me, this is a very genuine thing. When I go to those national graveyards and see those crosses, to see those who sacrifice so that I might stand here to preach. I give thanks. It's not an easy thanks. It's not a comfortable thanks because it also asks me a question of myself, which is what am I willing to sacrifice so that those who will come yet come know the freedom I know. We can create, sustain, and redeem that type of sacrificial love. I fundamentally believe we can enter into a peaceful kingdom of God. May it be so for us. Amen. 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 We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.com. Org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L dot org. May God be with you in the coming week.